If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchless MMA Podcast. It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with the flying Hawaiian himself, Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, dude? Man, you almost threw away your podcast equipment, apparently, last Apparently, night. I did. I was so mad. Um, I was so mad on Saturday. I was ready to just stop doing a podcast altogether. That's how mad I was. You become such a like a cynic, dude, in the middle of those fights. Like I'm trying to keep you up, but here you are talking about already selling your equipment. I swear, I looked on Craigslist and offer up, dude, and I saw your mic. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, and I had to take it back down. Yes, yes, that's true. No, so and I feel like anybody that participates in a high in, in a high amount of betting um, has those those highs and lows, those peaks and valleys, that ebb and that flow to their betting life. And you know, lately, man. We're either, I'm just feeling like we're really killing it or we're getting killed. Um, and up until the Frankie Edgar fight, or actually the co-main and the Frankie Edgar fight, we were not doing well yet yeah. again. But a couple winners and prop bet hits, and it brings us right back to life. So that, that that's the way that the betting game works is, is that, you know, you when you win, it's the highest of highs. And when you lose, it's the lowest of lows. And it's awful, but that's what makes people... I don't, know, I, mean, I don't want to say what gets people addicted to betting, but that's kind of that's kind of what does it, man. Is that 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 rush of hitting? It, it's on. It's there's nothing, you know. There's not much that compares to it. But when you lose, man, and when you lose the way we did on the two fights that we lost, well, actually we didn't lose on them at all because uh, we we both said the fights were no plays. Uh, but admittedly, I did have an inside the distance play that cashed on the Valiev and. Uh, Jones fight, not that that was a play that we, you know, pushed on the show. I did do that one personally. Uh, it cashed, but it cashed in a way that it shouldn't have. Well, as your friend and as your uh, partner in this, this mm-hmm. venture, man, I'm more worried about your health, your heart, dude. And yeah. if, if it wasn't for some stay classy meets, you mm. know, making sure that you're all you know ready to go, I'd be worried you're about to have a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But thankfully, I'm putting the best stuff on earth into my body on fight nights. Uh, mine is beer. A beer is not supposedly, supposedly, from what I hear, not that good for you. Uh, I guess it just depends on what new scientific study and what kind of beer you're drinking, whether or not it's good for you. However, uh, you can rest assured that the meat that you're putting in your body is the best stuff on earth. When you go to Stay Classy Meats, use promo code FIST. Save 10% on your entire order. Best kept secret on earth, no hormones, no GMO, you know, uh, heritage raised products delivered fresh right to your door. Uh, it's fantastic, man. I love steak classy meats. And, uh, yeah, like you said, outside of them, my Saturdays would be pretty rough on my body. At least one thing goes right on Saturdays and that would be at least the food that I eat. So I, uh, thank you for, thank you for your concern. No, you're really good at kind of masking it. It's one thing to you know treat your body right from a meat perspective, but also how you carry yourself, what you wear. You don't dress like a loser. I mean, we didn't lose. I'm not going to call you a loser. So that was that was kind of messed up. We didn't lose. Well, I'm not a loser. We were profitable. Regard. Yeah, I am profitable. <laughs> but you, you, you dressed like a winner. 
You true. did. I saw you on Instagram Live. You're sporting the Allegiance shirt and the Allegiance hat. And that's the thing is, regardless of how you do, this ebb and flow that is gambling, you can always dress like a winner. All right? You are, that, is, that is absolutely correct. Look the part. Fake it till you make it. You're absolutely right. Guys, we're in the middle of what is the Democratic National Convention, the Republican National Convention. This is all just absolutely crazy right now. But the one thing we all need to do is support this great country that we love and we live in. And, you know, while not while that's all going on, why not just look like a winner? The best way you can do that is go to AllegianceClothing.com. You can type in the code PUNCH and you're going to get 15% uh, off site-wide. AllegianceClothing.com. Absolutely. All right, look. Let's talk about this for a second. I told you prior to us mapping out the show, I need at least three to seven minutes to go in on Chris Tyone for a minute. Um, for those of you who are unaware of who Chris Tyone is, he is the referee of both the uh, Valiev-Jones fight and the Rodriguez-Grant fight. Uh, my problem is, is that, you know, we are constantly very critical of judging uh, and occasionally critical of refereeing on this show. However, what was displayed last Saturday was amongst the worst officiating that I've seen in recent memory. And not for the reasons that it's normally um, that, that we're normally mad about it. Uh, it was a completely new caveat into the bad officiating realm where Chris Tyone allowed Valiev to just essentially use Jones as a punching bag for about three minutes, Trey, where there was absolutely zero return offense and did not call off the fight. Fast forward into round number two, Jones clips Valiev, drops him on his butt, gets on top of him, has a seated mount position, is trying to create space and lay down punches, at which point Tyone jumps in immediately and waves off the fight. Awful stoppage. Just an awful stoppage. If you're going to stop it for that, you should have stopped it in the first round the other way around. Again, my play was an inside-the-distance play, so I don't really care. I won. However, it sets the standard. Fast forward five fights later, this idiot comes back out again, and now he's refereeing the Daniel Rodriguez-Dwight Grant fight, and the same thing happens. Dwight Grant rocks Daniel Rodriguez, proceeds to beat him mercilessly for two minutes while it doesn't get stopped. We go to round number two. Daniel Rodriguez comes out, drops Dwight Grant with a left hand, jumps on top of him, lands two more subsequent blows while Dwight, Dwight Grant is trying to get up to his feet and scramble, and Tyone jumps in and waves it off. It's idiotic. It's bad refereeing. There should be some sort of accountability, some sort of body that has them sit down and review these things, and you know, there's got to be something that comes out of this. It's just, I'm not saying the guy should lose his job, but it's just very, it's piss poor. That's He, he can't be happy with his performance or his earning of his paycheck for what he did on Saturday night. I, I agree. Um, I will say though, it's almost telling that this, uh, that happened twice heading into this card. And the reason I say that is because what kicks off the main card is the Eon Kutalaba and Magomed Ankalov fight. Why are we getting this fight for the third time? Well, that's because Kevin McDonald did the same type of thing. Ian Kutalaba playing possum, horrible stoppage. Then we get COVID, and now we get this for the third time. It's a great kind of segue is to like a marinating of like, let's just make sure we're all ready and we're calloused up and we're thick-skinned because we're probably going to get really bad judging again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into this. Uh, we're going to do something different this time. Uh, you suggested it, and I love your ideas like I always do. Um, this idea of a me versus you handicap off uh, to sort of, one, bring some levity 
to the weight of what we've been doing lately. And also just some friendly competition because um, we just feel like getting spicy. I agree. Um, for those that are follow us on Punchless MMA, um, you saw it was either bet the beard or fly with the Hawaiian. Um, right now, a lot of people are. Fl- so it's time to put up or shut up there, Dale. I haven't checked. So you're telling me that you're currently more people are siding with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love my back against the wall. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's Listen, I'm not beyond creating 10 burner, burner accounts and just voting for myself to just for the sake of winning that that poll uh, as well. So oh, well, then clearly you just you don't have much work ethic then. No, no. Here we go. All right. So let's start. Let's uh, let's start with the first prelim and then work our way up. You cool with that? Whoa, real bottom to top. All right. You really, you really want to go bottom to top here? <laughs> That's whatever you want to do, man. I'm ready to go. Okay, let's let's kick things off. Christian Aguilera, not to be uh, not to be confused with his sister Christina, uh, taking on Sean Brady. Sean Brady at a minus four ten. Christian Aguilera here at a plus three ten. Craig over under or ugh. Christian Aguilera. There we go. Over under on rounds plus three ten. Trey. Uh, let's see. Over under on rounds is at two and a half at minus one forty five for the over, and plus one fifteen for the under. What are you playing here? Well, here's the thing. Brady's really battle-tested. Aguilera brings a bunch of aggression. Um, I will say that, you know, Aguilera, um, you know, he defeated, you know, Anthony Ivey by TKO. He's definitely got that knockout power. He has that aggression. But I really like Brady. He's fought the higher-level competition. I think his fight IQ is going to be a little bit better. Sean Brady looks to to capitalize here. All right, so you're taking Sean Brady out, right? Or are you doing an over-under on rounds play? No, I will just be doing straight money line on this bad boy. All right, I'm with you, Sean Brady. Absolutely. So we're 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 sitting uh, we're sitting identical on that one. Next fight on the card: Pollyanna Viana taking on Emily Whitmire. The cart this is currently sitting at a pick'em. Uh, Pollyanna Viana at ten and four. Emily Whitmire at four and three. Trey, I'm just gonna go ahead and go first this time since I let you go first last time. I'm taking yep. Emily Whitmire here, man. I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of bias with that. Why would why would there be why would there be bias with that? Well, isn't Emily Whitmire um, the uh, partner or girlfriend of a good friend of the show? Yes. I'm, uh, you know, honestly, admittedly, I, you hate to assume anybody's um, relationship status whenever you don't know them personally. Um, but yes, Johnny Case is a good, a good friend of the show, a frequent uh, DM recipient and replier. And yeah, as far as I know, they were in a relationship. I believe they might still be. And even if they aren't, doesn't matter. I still think she's better than Pollyanna Viana, and I think she gets it done here. I think Pollyanna Viana is stiff. I don't think that she moves very well. She walks around the octagon like her back's broken, her chin sky high. And while she may have a semi-decent ground game, Emily Whitmire, in my opinion, is slicker, more smooth, and actually moves and operates like a fighter in a way that we don't see out of Pollyanna. So I think uh, Emily Whitmire's record at four and three is because of the quality competition that she's faced, but I still think she's a better fighter, at least better. Uh, she's at least going to be, you know, good enough on Saturday night to beat Pollyanna. Yeah, I agree. Both these people are going to jump in, try and grapple, but Emily Whitmire's a little bit more battle tested, as I said, with, you know, Sean Brady, but Emily Whitmire's ready to go. She's a great grappler and much greater than obviously Pollyanna Viana. Yeah. All right, keeping things moving. We got a last second switch up here. Uh, Gigi or Giga Chikese is out. And what, what's, what's my boy's name? Kevin Kroom 
Yes, Kevin Kroom stepping in last second here to take on Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres. Caceres at 16 and 12. Uh, I am not sure of what Kroom's record is. They literally just announced this 13 seconds before we went on air, so I haven't had a chance to do all the particulars. But here's the thing, Trey. I'm feeling dicey already. I'm just going to take Kroom, and I'll tell you why. Trains out of James Krause's gym, Glory MMA, and a lot of those guys are fighting on Contender Series tonight. In addition to that, Anthony Smith, as you know, also trains out of that gym. Uh, so I think Kroom's probably been getting decent rounds in. And I'm under the impression that Caceres is a win-one-lose-one style fighter, and he just won his last fight. So I'm going to go ahead and take him to get upset here against the virtually unknown, as of 10 minutes ago, Kevin Kroom. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you here. I'm actually going to stay away from this fight in its entirety. I don't like last-minute replacements by any means, and especially Alex Caceres, who can be extremely hot and extremely cold. He did look extremely hot in his last fight. Great grappling, great striking, great movement around the cage. Uh, great footwork, but I just don't like last-minute replacements. We've stayed away from those that have happened in the last uh, couple fights. I'll concede to you on this one. We'll go with Kroom. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not sitting here like hold a gun to my head. Kroom's going to win this fight, but the way 2020 has been going, the way the apex has been going, um, mm-hmm. last-second replacement, I I don't even know what the line's going to be on. He may come in as a favorite. I don't know. I mean, Caceres was a plus-220 underdog to Chikese, um, justifiably. Yeah. So I think that rounds right, but I don't know what this crew line is going to come in at. What if the guy's like a m- plus 500? Well, well then you're going to do the, you're going to do the Shana Dobson. Dude. You know, what's, what's cash on it. Just put a small <laughs> sprinkle. I don't mean, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not saying bet the, bet the house or leverage grandma's pension against it, but you know, if it's a decent tasty line, let's, let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, but also you could just stay completely away too. I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over that. All right. This is where the dissension begins amongst you and I. Uh, <laughs> Zach Cummings taking on Alessio DeChirico. DeChirico at 12 and 4. Cummings at 23 and 7 here, Trey. Uh, DeChirico at a minus 115. Zach Cummings at a minus 115. We got to pick him here. Over under on rounds is at 2.5 with the over at a minus 225. The under at a plus 185. What is your play, DeChirico versus Cummings? This is going to be a dogfight. You said it from the beginning in association to you and this kind of distinction between you and I. Your back's up against the wall. You're ready to go. Dicherio, mm-hmm. his back is 100% against the wall. He's on a two-fight losing skid right now. This is pink slip in the mail unless he can do something devastating. The problem when you look at Zach Cummings, the guy is a grinder. This guy is a workhorse. But that's what, you know, Alessio is also as well. He's, he gets in there. He gets gritty. He's got great wrestling. I think with two a two fight losing skid, you're back against the wall. You're a grinder by nature. You have to come out on the other side. So I'm I'm waving the Italian flag all day long. Okay, I'm going opposite here with you. I'm coming. I'm going with Zach Cummins. Um, I know Zach just had the the loss to um, Omari Akhmedov, but prior to that, had the win over Trevin Giles. I think he's facing the better competition in the UFC than the Chirico has. And I think he's going to get it done, man. I think he's going to be able to get it done. What we've seen in the past, though, with Cummings, though, is he is susceptible to the body shots. He does keep his chin a little high when he's exiting exchanges. Um, DeChirico will have the opportunity to touch that chin up. But if Cummings can press that body against him, if he can keep things moving and he can avoid getting beat up to the body too bad, uh, I think he can get I think he can get a win here. And it's at a pick'em, so I'm not going to say I'm any more confident than you are. Uh, but this is definitely where we're seeing the fight in two different directions. 
If you can't hear that in the background, there's an ice cream truck passing, and that's because it's about to get very tasty as we head uh, into uh, the la- – what is it now? It's the uh, co-main on the prelims? Yeah, yeah. Hannah Cyphers taking on Mallory Martin. Hannah Shockwave Cyphers at 10-6 versus Mallory Martin, who I also believe is the girlfriend of Duran Wynn uh, at 6-3. and three. Uh, Look, man, I, they just refuse to give Hannah Cyphers an easy fight. Um, that I, I don't know if they don't like her or what, but they just send – Hannah Cyphers through the grinder each and every time. I know Mallory Martin lost her last fight, but she's a minus 315 favorite here. Taking on Hannah Cyphers is coming back at a plus 255. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. Over is at a minus 270. Under at a plus 210. I have a feeling we're both leaning Mallory Martin here, Trey, but you're the whisperer of all things women MMA. Am I wrong here? I'm on a skid myself, but uh, Mallory Martin, you know, yes, she's coming off her last loss, but against uh, Verna Jandaroba, dude. That cross-eyed chick, that's no joke. It's not cross-eyed. <laughs> She's just scanning for threats. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Molly, Molly Martin in this. Like we've said, Hannah Cyphers, she's she's gone, what, uh, 0-3. Um, she's got two fights that have lost uh, via submission. Mallory Martin's a good grinder. She's got great submissions. She's got a great ground game. And, you know, when you're losing, and I don't believe she lost um, inside the distance again Verna, against Verna, um, correct me if I'm wrong there, but if she didn't, I mean, the strength of competition, especially for a ground grain uh, black belt like that, whew, no joke, Mallory. I thought Vernus tapped her out, but I'll have to do some research on it. Yeah, she lost a rear naked choke round two. Yep. Oh, round two. Okay, got got out of a round. Yeah, she she got <laughs> out of a round. It's the small victories. You're absolutely yeah. right. But no, I think I think that uh, there's no props out yet because, like I said, we're recording on a Tuesday night. But Mallory by submission might be something tasty that you might want to look at here. Mallory mm. Martin by submission might be something tasty as far as a prop play goes. Uh, but yes, I think Mallory Martin in a minus 315, it'd just be really hard. You know, women's MMA can boil down to a pick with most fights anyway. But with this one, I think ride and chalk, there's nothing wrong with that. Minus 315 for Mallory Martin. Uh all right, man, let's go to the featured prelim of the evening. Trey, you're going to have to help me out with this guy's name because I know he's standing opposite of one of your Hawaiian boys. Maki Patola taking on Impa Kasangane. Kasangane? Sounds good to me. All right, Kasangane at 7-0, and oh, Maki Patolo at 13-6. and six. The quick tur- turnaround for Maki Patolo after getting subbed by Darren Stewart when we were all on the Patolo train. Choo-choo! Mm-hmm. No big deal, though. He's making the quick turnaround. Uh, still sitting at an underdog, though, if we're being honest here. Uh, at a minus 130 for Kasagan Gagne. I I'm just butchering this cat's name. Versus <laughs> Maki Patola at plus 100. I'm saying it different every time I say it. I can feel myself <laughs> doing it. No runner on rounds. Two and a half. The over at minus 150. The under at plus 120. Not a lot of... Uh, fights look to be favored by Vegas to go inside the distance here, Trey. Yeah, uh, man, we were on the train. I mean, I was on the Pineapple Express, Coconut Bombs, Maki Patolo. Um, this is a guy that he's got great striking, great aggression. Um, the problem is he got extremely loose-minded. Uh, he slipped up, got subbed via guillotine up against the cage against Darren Stewart. And I think that with a quick turnaround like that, that's got to play into your fight IQ. He's not going to get into these grappling situations. The big problem with Impa, I'm not even going to say his last name, is he is by nature a grappler. The guy poses a crazy threat with his wrestling. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous about Maki. Um, you know, 
when you get sub via standing guillotine up against the cage, you know, clearly that wasn't a top of mind to kind of negate that. So I still think that from a strike perspective, Maki should be able to get this done. I just don't know enough about Impa and his wrestling to kind of say that, hey, outside of putting this against the cage and slowing the pace, is he really going to be able to hold Maki? Maki's really, really aggressive. So, oh, man, I've gone back and forth on this 50 times. Mm, Got to stick with the, with coconut bombs, man. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little little uh, little curveball here for you. I'm just gonna take an under two and a half play. Here is what I'm going with. Under two and a half is coming in at plus one twenty. I'm not necessarily convinced that either one of these guys are gonna go the distance. Uh, I think Maki throws too hard, and I know absolutely nothing about Kasanganane. Kasan what it Kalalana? I don't I know nothing about him. Uh, admittedly, so. After listen, I was all I was hyped up on Patolo going into the fight against Darren Stewart. I had that, thought that had potential for a fight of the night. I thought they were yeah. going to just stand there and bang. That submission caught everybody by surprise, including Patolo. I think he's going to learn his lesson with that, but I think he's going to try to implement that lesson learned by not letting Casanganyanye uh, get a hold of him, and he's going to try to just absolutely rip his head off in the first couple minutes of the fight. Uh, I'm planning on him being successful in doing that. But in the event that he doesn't, I'm also planning on him blowing his wad and then Kassinganyanya getting him out of there uh, shortly thereafter. Plus 120, under two and a half. That's what I'm playing. I'm not going to mess with the over-unders on this one, but um, I can totally see it getting done inside the distance. Still like Maki, though. Okay, so let's get it on. Dude, the battle of the Caucasus Mountain Warriors. I've been, I've been waiting for this rematch, dude. I've been waiting so much for this rematch. Magomed Ankalov taking on Iwan Kutalaba. Kutalaba at 15 and 5. Ankalov at 13 and 1. The dissension continues. The dissension continues, Trey. Kutalaba at a plus 265. Ankalov at a minus 340. Over under on rounds is at one and a half with both the over and the under coming in at a minus 115. Trey, what do you got? I've watched this fight now. 20 plus times and that's not saying much because the fight was what all of two minutes yeah um but i have watched it 20 plus times and originally i remember watching it the first time and i thought how could eon kutalaba say that he's playing possum who the fuck plays possum in the ufc a psychopath maybe but is the hulk a psychopath maybe so um, i looked at it and i will say that he was actually playing possum he was that blows my mind. Magomed lands an uppercut from the left side, and it didn't really clip him clean. It kind of like skimmed his face, and that's when he kind of did his wobble feature. That wobble feature carried over, which led to these, you know, boisterous overhand lefts and overhand rights. And then that's when Kevin McDonald jumps in and calls the fight. You know, I looked at this fight and I thought, well, Magomed, who's, you know, to I think a much more technical striker, doesn't carry the weight and, and the, uh, I guess the power behind his punches. Ian Kutalaba does. My biggest hesitancy with this, though, two weeks ago you had COVID, respiratory, going the distance. I don't think that Ian Kutalaba is going to have the same type of cardio he would have had pre-COVID. You know, and that, I don't know what type of symptoms he had, but I will say I liked Ian the way that he started the fight. He started off with fireworks, and I don't think Ankalov, I don't know if he can withstand that power in those hands. Okay, well, listen, I'm agreeing with you 100% because Kutalab is my boy. Um, 
plus 265. I love him. Listen, when you talk about, oh, a guy's got a puncher's chance, that puncher's chance gets magnified by a thousand whenever he hits like a truck. And Iwan Kutalaba, if nothing else, hits like a truck. I am just going to ride that plus 265 because sometimes it's about finding value. I'm riding that plus 265, man. I think Kutalaba is going to get it done. I think he's going to separate Ankalov from consciousness in violent, glorious fashion. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, again, we didn't get to see, you know, Magomed use his his grappling in any way, shape or form. Um, And I, I think we've seen that a lot with those that have a grappling background. They become so enticed with their striking that it just goes out the window immediately. I think he's going to entertain that firefight. This is the third time they put it together. There's a lot of angst, a lot of energy, a lot of aggression. I think it's going to turn into a firefight. And, dude, I know I said Ankalov before the show, but I'm going to go Kutalaba on this as well. Oh, you know what this is? This is you're afraid that I'm going to start winning, and you want to he- you want to hedge that yeah. by trying to even things out. That's what this is. Uh, no, I've got, I got some trips, tricks up my sleeve coming up. Don't you worry there. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pounding freaking Iwan Kutalaba, dude. That's, that's, I'm telling you, Caucasus Mountain Warriors for life, baby. Even though he's fighting another one in Magomed Ankalov, so even still, I mean, these guys are, they're not quite countrymen, but they're from the same mountainous regions. <laughs> um, so anyway, it doesn't really matter. All right. We lost Ryan Hall versus Ricardo Lamas a day ago, two days ago. Last second replacement, Bill Algio, stepping on to take on Ricardo, the bully Lamas. No new updated lines on it. Ricardo Lamas was a slight underdog to Ryan Hall um, going into that. Depending on what book you looked at, it was fluctuating between a pick and, and Lamas being an underdog. Uh, but don't let's not forget here before we move on to this fight is that Ricardo Lamas was a previous title challenger and has looked good and fought the best of the best of the featherweight division for years now. Um, but he is taking on the 13 to four Bill Algio, Ricardo Lamas, like I said, sitting at 19. And eight. I don't have a round for it, or I'm sorry, I don't have lines for this tray, but I would like your, your pick here. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to re- lean towards Lamas just based off of strength of schedule and experience, but we need to hear you say it anyway. So that way we can tally this thing up. Yeah, um, leaning Lamas. I mean, ever since the Josh Emmett knockout, I've been a little bit worried as to his headspace. I mean, literally, quite literally. Um, I will say, though, when you're training for an opponent like Orion Hall that's no longer on the docket, the great thing is you know you've strengthened up a facet of your game that's not really in your wheelhouse that is the ground game and jiu-jitsu. So he's coming in even more well-rounded than a Ricardo Lamas already was. Yeah, I think all the chips fall on his side. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. All right, dude, so let's go ahead and move this thing on. I'm taking Ricardo Lamas as well, as if that wasn't clear for the people listening. Alexa Grasso, 11-3, and three, taking on Ji Yoon Kim at 9-2. and Ji Yoon Kim uh, recently coming off of, I think she won her last fight, if I'm not mistaken, Trey. You'll have to go ahead and correct me on that if I'm wrong. Coming off a win over Nadia Kasim back on the Whitaker on a Sonya card, I believe, is when she won that fight. Um, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, she's the chick. Kasim came out crazy, swinging all like a wild animal. Uh, she weathered the storm and then knocked her out in the second round, uh, if I'm not mistaken there. Uh, taking on Alexa Grosso. Alexa Grosso moving up in weight after missing weight previously. Uh, new weight class for her, but I think she's going to get the same result here. I like Alexa Grosso in this fight, all things considered, although 
if we were to have a 50-50 women's fight, this might be it, man. I know Kim is at a plus 255, Alexa Grasso minus 315. I think this I think this line deserves to be closer than this. I, I totally agree. I mean, this is the first time that Grasso is moving up to the um, after a super, super really well done flyweight division uh, run. She uh, she fought Amanda Marcos, beat her, Heather Clark, uh, Carolina Kowitz, um, Felice Herrig. Oh, no, I think she she lost to Felice Herrig. Um, but here's the thing about Kim. Kim has missed weight, I think, in her past two fights. So she's going to come into this fight. We all know really heavy. This is a tough cut for her. Um, you know, while Grasso is an extremely like accomplished striker, uh, particularly her boxing, her grappling is very suspect. I think Kim, on the other hand, knows that she can utilize her weight in that division, especially if she can actually make weight. So I think this line is going to get much, much closer, depending on if Kim actually makes weight. If Kim doesn't make weight, I'm staying as far away from this fight as possible because I think that with uh, Kim coming in that much heavier and Grasso being, a, you know, moving up a division, uh, that's a tall task. But I like Grasso if, in fact, Kim makes weight. Yeah. So here's what, here's the thing with this is. Uh, do we with this with this uh, beard versus Hawaiian challenge? Do I have the option to stay away from this or no? Well, I stayed away from um, uh, what pick did I stay away from in early prelims? Um, oh, I stayed away from uh, the Alex Caceres fight. So um, by all means, you can concede this one and we'll okay. call it a one to one. Yeah, I may stay away from this one. I may, depending on how I'm faring later on in the night or earlier on in the night, I may sprinkle a small amount of money on Kim here. Just because I think this fight is this is a women's fight that's a 50-50 fight. Regardless of line, I really think that this fight could be a lot closer. Um, I think Alexa Grasso is getting a lot of grace here from Vegas and the betting public based on name and quality of competition. However, for all the reasons you said, weight cutting aside, Alexa Grasso missed weight by five pounds her last fight. Mm. Uh, Kim missed weight for the Nadia Kassam fight. Uh, both of these women have a hard time managing their weight. Um, and... You know, I know Grosso's coming up and Kim's staying in the in the weight class she was in when she missed weight, but they both suffer from weight issues. I really think this fight is closer to a pick. I'm, I'm, it's worth it to me if I'm up to take a small play on Kim at plus 255. But outside of that, I'm staying away from this fight completely. Yeah, totally fair. All right, dude. Oh, we're getting close. We're getting so close. Co-main event of the evening, Robbie Lawler, 28 and 14, taking on Neil Magny, 23 and 7. Uh, I'm really still upset that Neil Magny never reached out to us about, you know, picking a nickname for him. What's he going by? The Haitian sensation, Neil Magny. The minus 255 favorite over ruthless Robbie, Robbie Lawler at a plus 200. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. Over two and a half rounds is at minus 235. Under two and a half rounds of the plus 195, which I think it tells a story all in its in itself, Trey. Vegas thinks Neil Magny by decision. Statistically, in the betting lines show, they think Neil Magny and they think him by decision. What do you think? I think the decision play is is extremely safe. We know that Neil Magny's not going to put Robbie Lawler uh, to bed. We know Robbie to be extremely durable. I think the biggest caveat for Robbie has always been, as now he's turning 38 years old, has been his gas tank. And what does Neil Magny have above all? He has a great gas tank. I think with an 80-inch reach that Neil Magny has, his extremely lanky frame, he's the most awkward, exhausting fighter to fight. Robbie Lauer, though, he puts together this 
this theory or this thought out there that all it takes is a one-punch knockout, which we know he has in his arsenal, but we just haven't seen it as of recently. We haven't seen the bite, the dog inside Robbie Lawler, the the Rory McDonald type days. We just haven't seen that. And, I, you know, a part of my heart says it's still there, but two times in a row, I mean, granted, you can kind of whitewash the, the Ben Askren fight because um, he did look great at the beginning of that. Um, I just think that Neil Magny is going to be that really annoying fighter that's going to just point grab all the way into a decision and uh, make this very one-sided. Yeah, I mean, you could say that it's been a mental thing. You could also say that it's been a USADA thing. Whoa. I'm just saying. The introduction. No. I listen, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not. You throw, oh. USADA, you throw USADA in the mix, and all of a sudden, guys like Robbie Lawler aren't winning fights anymore. Wow, that is a bold statement, Cotton. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> accusing anybody of anything. What I'm saying is, is that since the introduction of USADA, uh, your boy is one in five. So, so I'm not going to say he was on drugs, but I'm also not going to not I'm, say he was on drugs. All I'm going to say is I'm just going to point out that he won a questionable split decision uh, over Carlos Condit. And it's questionable as in questionable how those judges ever had jobs after that because uh, Carlos Condit clearly won that fight. Uh, he won that questionable split decision, then gets knocked out by Tyron Woodley, beats Donald Cerrone, and then loses to Rafael Dos Anjos, Ben Askren, and then Colby Covington all along the way, Trey, mind you. Uh, the guy hasn't won a round of a fight. Hasn't won a round of a fight since 2017. was the last time that a round was scored for Robbie Lawler was wow. 2017. Just throwing that out there. Um, I know it seems crazy with how big of a fan favorite Robbie Lawler is, but here's the thing, right? We do know that Robbie Lawler, at some point in time in his life, possessed one-punch knockout power. But we saw him get beat up so bad that a judge scored at 50-44 when he fought Colby Covington. Um, We saw him get absolutely dominated by Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, 50-45s all the way around. It has not been competitive lately for, for Robbie Lawler. The hope is, is that in the years time since he last fought, that he somehow rejuvenated himself, right? Healed mind, body, and spirit, and comes out and puts it all together to take down the lead horse of Team Elevation. But here's where I think that storybook ending uh, gets burnt up in, in flames, like 1984 style. There is no storybook ending here for Robbie Lawler. Neil Magny's going to go out there and he's going to utilize his footwork. He's going to jab ruthless Robbie Lawler's face off to the point where Robbie shuts it down mentally, beats up that lead leg, and then ultimately just walks out of there with a clean 30-27 on all cards, in my opinion. Robbie Lawler could absolutely land a left hand and separate Neil Magny from consciousness. But if Hector Lombard, remember the Hector Lombard-Neil Magny fight, Hector Lombard beat Neil Magny like he owed him money for about four minutes, and Neil Magny weathered the storm, got up, and then finished Hector Lombard. And if a a guy like Hector Lombard, pre-USADA, could not get Neil Magny out of there. I don't see 38-year-old Robbie Lawler, and I love me some Robbie Lawler. I don't see Robbie Lawler at 38 doing it, unless he can turn back the, the clock, which he may. Sure. It's two guys punching each other in the face. Anything can happen. But I, for my money, I'm not betting on Robbie Lawler for this fight. I'm taking Neil Magny. Yep, I'll be taking Neil Magny as well. Uh, just You can also take a piece of my heart, dude, because that one hurts. Yeah, yeah, well. 
it, it's a, listen, <laughs> nobody likes taking the family horse out the pasture and putting it down. No, nobody likes that. This There's is my old guy. yeller here, dude. This yeah. is what it is. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, it's crazy to feed him to a guy like Neil Magny to be the person to set him out off, you know, send him out the pasture. It could be worse. We could have like a Johnny Hendricks, Paolo Costa style situation Ooh. on our hand. For diehard Johnny Hendricks fans, that was brutal. Or, oh, here's a great one. Even though he's lost seven fights since then, for me, it was the Nick Diaz BJ Penn fight. Oh. That was that was brutal. That was brutal, man. That was like watching somebody slowly kick a puppy a hundred times over. <laughs> so bad. That was so bad. All right, dude, let's get this main event of the evening. Uh, Anthony Smith coming back, man, after the Glover Teixeira, uh, I don't know, debacle? Is that what we want to call it? The, the, Teixeira gate? Whatever you want to call that. A debacle, a demurder, dude. Yeah, Anthony Smith taking on Alexander Rockets. Rockets at 12-2. and two. Anthony Smith at 33-15. and 15. The most disrespectful line uh, so far this year as far as MMA is concerned, in my opinion, is, is this right now. Some books have Anthony Smith as high as a plus 265 underdog taking on Alexander Rockets at a minus 300 over under on rounds. Trey here is at one and a half over one and a half is at minus 150 under at plus 120. Who do you like? How do you want him to get it done? What's going to happen in this fight? Break it down for me, man. What are we doing here? I hope I hope Anthony Smith paid extra for some super nice veneers, dude, because he's about to get him kicked out of his mouth again. Oh, that's a bolt. Tell me how it's going to happen. Round one, round two, round three. I see Anthony Smith is extremely durable. And for 32 years old, you think he's super young and has the ability to go the distance. But you got to think Anthony Smith has so many miles on him. It's out of control. And when you're coming off a devastating demurder, like I said, with uh, Glover Teixeira, I think that this is too, too quick, too soon. And Alexander is a totally different beast. This is a guy that has a two-inch reach advantage. He utilizes his legs like out of control. He creates so much distance. And Anthony Smith has notoriously said over the past couple of weeks, I'm not going to be taking the first step back. I'm going to be moving forward. And while he's going on, he's never in his entire UFC career had a two-fight losing skid. When you outwardly say that, when you outwardly say, like, I've never had this, and I'm at peace, and I found new hobbies, and I feel the best I ever have, that to mm. me just pulls down your shield. He said that he found a new hobby that is golf, that mm. he's never been on two-fight losing streak. And Alexander the whole time has stayed calm, cool, collected, and just been firing kicks. This is going to be a huge struggle, and it is way too soon for Anthony Smith to be getting back in the cage. Yikes. Okay. So, first of all, I didn't know that he said it's the best he's ever felt. I immediately hate that because you know how I feel when guys say that. That drives me absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, I didn't realize he had said that. I still like – look, man, I still like Anthony Smith in this fight, though. <laughs> I still like him. I think it's disrespectful. Look, I think my, I think plus 245, plus 265, I think it's disrespectful. You're talking about a guy that previously, uh, you know – fought for a world title. Uh, he's beaten some of the best in the game. I, I really think that he can get it done here. I think that sometimes when it comes to fights like this, you have to look and see, is there, we talk about this all the time. Well, we're going to start talking about bankroll management more evidently compared <laughs> to some people in our DMS. Uh, we're going to talk about bankroll management. But the other thing that we constantly talk about, 
uh, you know, is finding value. And what we mean by that is probability to win fights based and also running that in conjunction with the line. And the line here is super valuable uh, or has a lot of value in it for a guy who has faced the type of opponent that Anthony Smith has fought and has had the success, the type of success that Anthony Smith has fought. The UFC wants Rockets to win this fight, right? They want him to win this fight. Make no mistake about that statement. They want Rockets to win this fight, especially with John Jones vacating the 205 belt. They want fresh blood to win this fight. Rockets in devastating fashion does that. It catapults him in number one contendership, arguably, against the winner of Jan Blahovitz and Dominic Reyes. This could legitimately, given the history of all of the all four of these gentlemen, this could be a number one contender fight, outside of possibly the Glover to share uh, who Glover to share fights next. That's very possible. Uh, a big a, a big finish here, right? A dominant performance by. Either party sends shockwaves to the light heavyweight division. I'm going to take Anthony Smith here, man. I'm going to ask you this question then. Where it started to go south for Anthony Smith in the Glover Teixeira fight was right around like the two and a half uh, marker. And prior to that two and a half, Anthony Smith looked great, but he almost came out too energetic, but then gassed after two and a half. Mm -hmm. An atrocious gas, mind you, with with five rounds on the books. Sure. Do you think that in what is the course of what? How long has it been? A couple months? Yeah, four months, maybe, if that. Not even, because it, it was when we were doing this show, and we haven't been doing the show six months yet. Four months, he's picked up hobbies like golfing. You think his cardio is back up to back up to, to where it should be? Well, it's only a three-round fight, so we do have that going for us, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, when I say us, I mean Anthony Smith betters. It's a three-round fight. What we don't have going for us is, one, James Krause is still in the corner, and it's in the apex, so there's still no crowd. And what we saw last time was like James Krause was playing a virtual, a voice-operated video game that no matter what he was saying to Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith then immediately complied. So Anthony Smith didn't necessarily gas himself out. James Krause gassed Anthony Smith out because James Krause would go, two jabs and a hook, and immediately two jabs and a hook. Two jabs and a hook, a left high kick, shoot the double. And it was this, dude, it was literally, Anthony Smith was like, yes, sir, and did immediately what James Krause said. James Krause gassed out Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith did not gas out Anthony Smith. Don't at me. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm going to give you one last little thing here before I ride right. off into the sunset with this win of Rockage. Anthony Smith grew his hair out. No, he didn't. He's got a slight, slight. I would say it's like the 18th green at the Masters. Dude, it's just ever so slight. Don't tell me he has his hair grown out. I haven't seen it's him yet. A, had it's probably a quarter of a centimeter all right so here i see it here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to play anthony smith if he walks out on fight night (laughs) with dreads (laughs) not with dreads but if he walks out on fight night because i'm gonna give him even through weigh-ins to 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 cut his hair okay if he walks out on fight night and still has hair on his head i'm gonna i'm gonna hedge my bet with rockage okay fair fair because those of you that don't know, I have a really weird superstition about fighters with new hairstyles. I don't like when fighters switch up their hair prior to a fight. That's part of the reason why I think that women's MMA is so 50-50 is because they always come out and they have new hair every time, whether it's different different braids or different like colors in their hair, like the Felice Herrig, Car- Carlos Barzas of the world. It throws off 
the the balance of the body by switching up your hair like that. Um, I really didn't even want to bet on Cody Garbrandt because he had the long hair and the beard uh, in the a Sun Sal fight, but we just we had to take Cody in that fight, and I'm it's glad we was, did. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still, I hate new body. I hate new hair. I hate beards where you don't have beards or losing beards and mustaches prior to fights. I can't stand that. It just throws off the body, man. It throws everything off. You like mustachio men, though. I do like a good mustache. I like a good mustache. <laughs> I like a good beard. I like a good head of hair. Listen, I, I'm a big believer in the Samson effect, man. I think that you lose, like, you know, Rocky always said that, uh, that you know, women would make your knees weak, right? Like like Mickey would say in Rocky, you, you can't be around women. They make your knees weak. They make your, they make your legs weak. Um, I think it's the same way with hair, man. I think you, you show me a guy with a beard and, and a good set of hair, you know, just a, a good flowing mane, man, it's hard to beat. Look at like the Michael Chiesas of the world. Strong, gorilla mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You very rarely see a dude that's completely clean shaven, like a Ryan Jimmo. Remember Ryan Jimmo? You know, he was the dude who fought at light, light heavyweight, knocked out Anthony Perosh in like nine seconds, then got hit by a car outside of a club in Toronto oh, and was killed. I know that took a big left turn real quick, but yeah. Wow. He's the um he he's got the video where he's doing a robot after he knocks out Perosh and he drops down to a split. You have no idea who I'm talking about. No, this went really dark really quickly though. Okay, Ryan Jimmo. Um, <laughs> Ryan Jimmo, bald head, clean shaven face. Very rarely do you see guys like that out there just completely setting the world on fire. Just say butterbean. Butterbean, yeah. So, also, <laughs> but see, but like, look at this one. Look at this. Stipe came out right. Stipe had a longer um, than normal stubble and he grew the flow. And guess what? DC didn't, couldn't take him down. It's no. the Samson effect. You got long hair. You don't cut it. You got the beard. It makes you stronger. Uh, listen, it's not. It's it's science. It's not science, but it's science. I agree. Yeah, he did wear skinny jeans though, which you know isn't really. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But here's the thing about long hair, right? Is it's only good in this instance. What you don't want is long hair down there. Um, so if you're going to have any sort of hair that's going to, you're going to derive your strength from, let it be your facial hair. Don't let it be your body hair. Don't let it be your pubic hair. Manage that. Go to manscaped.com. Get a, get the, uh, get the lawnmower 3.0. Use our promo code punch, save 20% and get free shipping. Take care of that, right? The upstairs hair will make you strong and make the ladies like you or the men like you, depending on, um, so when you get to that point, you don't want to you, you that's the instance where you don't want the carpet to match the drapes. You know what I'm saying? So get that lawnmower 3.0 promo code punch 20 percent and free shipping. I love it. I want to be a brown sugar donut from the waist up and I want to be a glazed donut from the waist down. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely right. All right, Trey. So we've got a little bit of dissension. We will post all of our picks on social media prior to the event. You want to do it like that? You want to do like a breakdown, if we will? Yeah. So that way people can see who they're riding with. Um, follow us on social media at PunchlessMMA. Shoot us some emails. Uh, if you like us, hate us, or anything in between, we will be doing giveaways, not this week, but next week. We'll do a beer money giveaway you have between now and then. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Uh, if you can't do that, shoot us a DM on Instagram. You'll be instantly added into the pool. We will draw beer money next week. And then we're about to for a Manscaped giveaway, too, are we not? Yeah, we are. We can do it this week. Why don't we just do it right now? Why don't I? We did this. We tried to do this last time. I don't have the program set up. So no, I what wanna... I mean is people put in reviews right now. Give us a five-star review. We are going to pick it next week. But mm. it's going to be for a Manscaped 3.0 perfect package. 
Gotcha. Okay, so we're not doing beer money next week. We're going to do Manscaped. We're announcing the Manscaped giveaway right now. We'll also do a social media post as well. Um, yeah, so let's do this. Let's try something different. Five-star review, or shoot us a message if you can't leave a five-star review. But if you can't leave us a five-star review, when we put the social media post up, I need you to share that to your story. Shout us out on your story. That gets you entry into the Manscaped giveaway. Must hashtag either bet the beard or fly the Hawaiian. Just need to know where your allegiance is. Okay, fair enough. Hashtag fly the Hawaiian or hashtag bet the beard. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Trey, you got anything else for these people before we put a bow on this bad boy? I'm not. Are you ready, man? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. We've been, Listen, we kill it regardless, right? So I, I'm really not worried. There's not many picks that you and I are disagreeing on, but the ones that they are, it will be known. Oh, it yes. Will, it, it will, will be, be known. known. It will be known. You will be assimilated. <laughs> <laughs>